Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome back to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social, the fifth Kings of Anglia podcast of this week. We've had two main pods, we've had the McKenna Ashton special, Track the Girls Talk podcast and of course now with the Fan Social. This week I'm joined by Stella Cast. Good old John Watson's back, the sweet well Prince Harvey Davis is here, Matt Macon and Ben Diaf is joining me to discuss all things town I want to get right into it and introduce John Watson, the man, the leader, King of the North. John, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. It's good to be back, Ross. Um, thanks for having me on. It's good to be with uh, such fine gentlemen um, around as well. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I've been on. Obviously, I've been on game day a few times, um, especially at the away games. Chef Wed, Bolton, Donny. Um, Last, I, I wasn't at um, MK Dons, but I was at Donny and I thought it was a terrific team performance. Uh, and I, uh, I had the pleasure of spending that evening with Ben. We had a good laugh and a good chant. And uh, it was a, a really good team performance. And, you know, we've gone and got another point last week. And, you know, we're in a good shape, really. You know, your comment a few months ago about the season's dead. Well, it's still open at the moment. It's still not quite officially dead. You know, it's still to play for. So... It's great to be back and lots of things to talk about. It's been a, it's never a dull week supporting Ipswich Town, is it? And it's been a busy old week. And I think, um, I know we'll get into that later on, but um, I think huge kudos to um, Stu and Andy for a great pod um, when they spoke to Kieran McKenna and Mark Ashton. I, I, I found it fascinating. I'm sure most Town fans have listened to that and, and really got a lot of insight from that. So, yeah, lovely to be here. It's always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. And um, up next is the sweet Welsh Prince, former friend of the show. Um, it's been scrapped now. Um, it's now the fan club. Um, but Harvey, how are you and your thoughts on that comment on the pod, main pod? Oh, and I've worked so hard for that title and it's just been stripped off me, hasn't it? You know, I, I know I know where I stand now. It's all good. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's been a while since I've, similar to John, since I was on. Uh, we're in a lot of a healthier position now than we were last time I was on. Um, the last Ipswich game I was at was Wednesday away, so less said about that, the better. But, um, yeah, we seem to be in really good hands. We seem to be in really good hands. I'm, I'm really pleased with how the McKenna era has started. Um, you know, hopefully it, it carries on, you know, the way the way, um, the way way it started. I'm sure there'll be bumps along the way. But um, I'm feeling really, really good about the club right now. The um, You know, some of the the off the field things as well that the, the club's doing. I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later as well as the on the field stuff. I just feel it's a really good time to be an Ipswich fan. There's a lot of positivity around and um, yeah, hopefully that that positivity can, can be shown on the pitch as, as well as off the pitch. So um, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's, I think it's a good time to, to support the blues at the moment. It is indeed. It's making these podcasts a bit better. Uh, it's not a counselling session now. It's yeah. just us. Remember the Paul Lambert podcast days. They oh. were just, Oh. Atrocious. We don't want to go back to that. No, yeah. <laughs> Shivers down my spine. And uh, yeah, what, if you're watching a video, basically what John Watson, that's our feelings on, on that era. Um, even to start of Paul Cook's era and of course the end of his era too. Um, and the fourth man, yeah, third man, third man to introduce is Matt Macon. Uh, how are you, my friend? You've been on a few pods recently, but we got you on because you've got something to announce later. But how are you, my friend? 
I'm very good, Ross. Yeah, a little bit last minute addition to the lineup. So like, luckily, I managed to get back from the wilds of Lowestoft um, in time to uh, to log on tonight. Um, yeah, like, I haven't been to a game since uh, Gillian went home, so uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to Portman Road on Saturday and then having a a quick return Tuesday night as well back in back at Portman Road under the lights. I'm really looking forward to it. I think I've I've got to agree with what John and Harvey have said so far. It's, it's feeling a bit more positive and. Um, I think we need to start a whip round to get um, to get you a t-shirt, Ross, with uh, with the uh, quote and the date on it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I like to think. Yeah, it's 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 still there. It's still alive. Um, I think I said last time I was on it on live sport. It's still alive, but uh, it's looking a bit healthier, um, especially with results elsewhere going in the league and those games in hand that the other team had. That's closing down now. It's only sort of one or two games in hand instead of. Um, the four or five that some teams had, you know, that, that COVID postponement cat is catching up, or backlog is catching up rather. So, yeah, it, it feels good. It does feel good. You know, it feels like the club's being run properly now, um, you know, and yeah, I, I agree with John. I thought the, the pod with, with um, Ashton and McKenna, like, every time I hear Kieran McKenna speak, I like him more and more, you know, and uh, he's definitely not dull, is he, Ross? No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't go back. It, those words were recorded and they're yeah. with me forever. Um, so we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. We've still yeah. got those games now. We've still got to play all the teams in the playoffs pretty much. So um, we shall see. But uh, there we go. And, and the final man joining us this week is good old Ben Diaf. I just love saying Diaf. Um, but Ben, welcome back to the show. How are you? You're muted, my friend. Oh, you're still muted. You're still you're muted, Ben. <laughs> you're really nice. Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, there, just unmuted myself after rattling on for a little while. I did swear a couple of times, so I could get it out while, uh, while muting myself. Um, my wife probably wishes I stayed on mute a lot more often than that 30 seconds. Um, yeah, really good trip to Milton Keynes at the weekend. As much as we didn't get the three points, as I said on game day, got to be happy with with the point. Not losing a game like that keeps us in the hunt. Um, the main takeaway, I think, was just the outstanding support again, which I mentioned on Saturday. Just still, when you look back at the pictures and the videos, um, I bet the, the club must love it. That sort of content has gone all over the place. About people, um, you know, who support other clubs who didn't realise we were taking that many fans sort of comment on that. So that, that for me, was the main takeaway from Saturday, um, along with the performance, which keeps us still positive. We're still in it. Um, every game now is going to be a huge game. So Saturday is a huge game. We just need to keep picking up points. But um, I'm feeling positive. Relatively positive anyway, but um, you know you've got to be as a football fan, haven't you? What we can't write the season off just yet. We're not as uh, downbeat as you, Ross. I'm a positive man normally. I just it, it was just that moment we, we lost against Barrow live on TV, two one. Um, it was a terrible evening, and I just went, "Yeah, season's dead." And that's before McKenna got appointed, and McKenna has been a breath of fresh air. And that podcast he did with Ashton brought him up more. Um, and let's jump right into that now. Let's do the segue right in now. Um, we're going to get the takeaways from John, Harvey, Matt and Ben on that podcast. Um, on the main pod, we, we spoke about it. But this is um, now your floor to, to have your thoughts on it. So, John, first of all, your takeaways from the pod. Well, I loved it. Um, I've always liked listening to Ashton. But I thought actually having 
um, the dynamic of having McKenna and Ashton together was really interesting because normally we'd have one or the other, but actually they're kind of in front of each other having to talk about each other as well, which is just adds to the kind of dynamic. I think Stu and Andy asked some really good questions and, you know, it's very easy to sit here and say, oh, I would love to ask that, I'd love to ask that. But when you're sitting with somebody, um, you know, I think Stu asked the question about how long does Kevin get to Mark Ashley while Kevin McKenna is sitting in the room. That takes a, a, some level of confidence and skill to be able to do that without offending yourself, anybody or making yourself look like an absolute arse. And I think um, Stu and Andy, um, you know, that's why they're, they're really good journalists and why we enjoy but, um, reading their articles and, and uh, listening to their work as well. Um, my main takeaway, um, well, loads about McKenna and loads about Ashton, but one thing I really want to stress is it really made me think that I don't think Cook was ever really the right man for Game Changer. Um, I think they might have said everything when they took over about him being their their first choice, and, and I think he he would have been on data dashboards and maybe one of the 450 people whose name was on 450. I didn't know there was that many managers available. Um, you know, he had uh, experience of getting teams out of this division and, you know, success and a good CV. But the way Ashton talks, um, you know, almost a bit officey or cliche. Uh, he came up with things like meeting of minds and uh, my job is to create the oxygen like it's almost like kind of a a leadership handbook at times but it's it he means it as well so i like it because he is believable and um but i do think that uh it makes me really realize that cook wasn't the kind of fit that ashton would want mckenna in retrospect in hindsight and retrospect are always a really powerful thing you know but you just kind of look and think McKenna's the totally the right kind of appointment. A young manager like Brendan Rogers was at Watford or whatever, um, or like the history of Burley and Robson and, um, and those kind of legends of the club. Um, but I just think it feels like the meeting of minds, um, it feels such a better fit. And I just really enjoyed listening to them both. And, you know, they're both very articulate guys in very different ways. Um, just really impressive. So my first takeaway, I don't know if you want to go around and take one each or whatever you want to do, but one of them is I don't think Game Changer really, well, Cook wasn't Game Changer's style of manager. Um, this whole approach of, like Kevin kind of talked in massive detail about the, the performance team and Cook's had a bit of a lash out of that, hasn't he? And without slating Paul Cook, I thought McKenna handled that really well and said, well, it's what I would expect. It's what I'm used to, having a performance team that I report to every day, or I, I liaise with every day. And I think he just kind of said, yeah, I think Cook's wrong without ever saying anything about Paul Cook. So a bit of a class there as well, I think. But yeah, really feels like um, Cook is a different sort of manager. We all wanted Paul Cook to do well. We all did, and we all wish him well at Chesterfield. Who would have thought that would be the case? Um, you know, but I'm excited. I want to believe. I'm, it's not just hope, it's a little bit of belief again, because I'm always full with optimism and hope. But the more I listen to McKenna and the more I listen to Ashton, but particularly McKenna, because he's still new to us, 
every post-match interview, I kind of rate him more and like him more. Um, and then I listened to this interview and it was just like, you know, intense and added loads of value. So yeah, big two takeaways then. Cook wasn't game changers, man. And I'm really liking McKenna and he's a good fit for the game changer approach. Well said. Well said as always. Um, Harvey, over to you. Um, of course, we've seen him do interviews with the club, one club interviews, but this was just something very completely different. Um, and what are your takeaways from it? I thought it was brilliant. I really, really did. Similar to, to what's been discussed earlier, I thought um, I thought she and Andy did a brilliant job. Uh, I thought the questions were were really good. Um, there were some, there were some difficult questions in there, like John said, essentially asking Mark Ashton how long McKenna's got. Um, you know, in in Mark Ashton's office, I'm sure that wasn't an easy thing to do. Um, and I thought McKenna and uh, and Ashton kind of rubbed off each other really, really well. Um, it's not very often you get an interview with a manager and a CEO. You know, sometimes, you, you know, you get an interview, long interview with a manager, or we've seen already um, the long interviews with Ashton, but to have them both um, is is something that is, is, is different and it shows the transparency the club is given nowadays. You know, I've, I've come on here so many times and said, we've had, what, we had 14, 15 years of Evans making three or four, if that, public appearances, um, you know, public, uh, you know, interviews and stuff like that. And now we've, it's just been, it's night and day compared to what we're used to. Um, McKenna himself, I just love him. I think he's great. Uh, we've got an animal making an appearance here, a little guest appearance at the bottom. I'd love to know their thoughts. Um, <laughs> that dog's got a pin stuck to him. Loves McKenna, I can tell. Um, but yeah, Mc McKenna himself, is he's similar to, to what's been said already. It's easy to say, isn't it, when it's going so well, but he's just so, so, so impressive. Um, you know, he, he was, I've seen him, <clears throat> like on the touchdown at, at Chef Wed, for example. He's not one of these managers that is constantly barking down the, the fourth official's ear or is, is constantly, you know, going, you know, ranting and raving. And I think I just really, I enjoy his kind of measured approach. You know, when we're winning, it's not, you know, we're, we're unbelievable. It's, and it's the same when we're losing, you know, it's, he's, he's got the same kind of attitude regardless. It's just get on with it, you know, onto the next game. And he's got a really, a really good approach, I think. Um, and it's a, it's a modern approach and it's something that, Unfortunately, you know, Cook didn't have. Um, you know, I was I was a big big fan of Cook in, until the end. Really, I, I you know I was convinced that he was the right man. <clears throat> Obviously, I was wrong. Um, but it's it's just so so refreshing to see the the flexibility that McKenna's brought. You know, he's he's not afraid to change systems two or three times in games. Um, and yeah, so so overall, I've, I've I was really impressed with the interview. I thought it was really good. And uh, I, I think we're in really good hands. I can see this being a, a real long-term appointment for us. Um, you know, Ashton referenced it in the interview that he's he's got a history of, of appointing young managers. You know, you look at Brendan Rodgers, um, you know, Lee Johnson is another one that he's got a good relationship with, a close relationship with. So historically, this is what he's done. Um, and I'm really, really excited to see what the, really excited to see what the future brings because, um, yeah, I, I think I think we're, we're on the up. I really do. Hopefully we are indeed. Um, good old K-Money. Um, Matt, over to you. Your takeaways from it. Was there any questions you, 
you think should have been asked, maybe? Um, anything that the boys missed out? There's everything at, that's covered the there. Risk, that, that, yeah. At the risk of sounding like an echo chamber, I'm very much in the same boat as, as John and Harvey, really. I really liked it. And I, I alluded to earlier, every time I hear Kieran McKenna speak, I like him a little bit more. Um, I really feel it for the first time in... Oh, I, can't remember when you know and we're probably going back to the 90s here with birdie there's a proactive manager there and there's a plan in place from the from the club hierarchy about how we're going to do things in the same way that sheep Sheepshanks had that plan in the 90s to get us up with birdie there it really feels that we've got that now with game changer and really i've, I've made no bones about sort of my sort of unhappiness about Marcus Evans over the years. Um, you know, I think Paul Cook maybe was a um, sort of, it's that, that old quote from Star Wars about the, the Senate being disbanded, the last remnants of the old Republic have been swept away. I think Paul Cook was really sort of the, the last remnants of the of the, the Marcus Evans era that he was, and probably unfairly did, he was probably appointed on a point where he would be that old school manager in charge of everything, almost down to booking the coaches for away days. Whereas Game Changer with Ashton in charge very much is a different structure there. I think a more modern structure where I know McKenna's got the title of manager, but I think he's probably more acting as a head coach sort of role, you know. And I, I don't think that that's not that wasn't what Paul Cook signed up for, and that's not the sort of manager he is. And and again, I wish him well. I mean, uh yeah, he's not had a great start to life at Chesterfield in the 98th minute equaliser. And I think a lot of that time added on was for one of their key players after going down with a broken ankle. So um, I feel for him there. But yeah, he was he was a nice guy. I, I went to that fans forum earlier in the season and he, he was really nice there. But it, it didn't sometimes, for whatever reason, regardless of the quality of the manager, it just doesn't work at a club. And it didn't work for Paul Cook here. You know, um, I think McKenna is a much better fit. Um, I think he's got a real plan. And I think he, he's in a win-win situation at the moment because there is no massive expectation to sneak six. I mean, for, for all the all the jokes we take at your expense aside, Ross, you know, there, there it's, it's going to be hard work to sneak six. I'd love it. I'm, I'm a football fan. Football's all about emotion for me. You know, I've, I'll dream of us like, sneaking sick having that momentum and having a, having a glorious day out at Wembley you know and going up via the playoffs but in reality it is it's going to be hard work to do that but McKenna has got this got this win-win situation in that if he does scrape us into the playoffs even if we don't go up through the playoffs either way he's on like, oh well look at that the club were destined for another sort of mid-table finish and he's got them and even if we just have a strong finish and sort of miss out he's got or he's kind of got that room in the bank you know to write and he can say to the players look this is what you were able to do with the terrible start to the season that we had sort of that august sort of right through down to sort of october early november you know think of what we can do if we're out of the traps right from the start of the season you know um and i think ashton i mean we we hear a lot from our friends in the southwest who who aren't his fans you know where he where from uh good old bristol city you know but i i like ashton you know he's not going to be perfect you know but i think and and, and as john said he does sound like he's sort of reading sort of from the book of david brent sometimes to some of the cliches but you know i think he, he does believe in what he says you know and there's there's that I feel there's that openness and transparency between the club and the fans that really we didn't have at all 
during Marcus Evans' tenure as the club owner. You know, like I said, it was very much we got we got statements and we got talked at, um, um, and any attempt at engagement didn't feel meaningful. It, it does feel different with this ownership, you know, and I'm hoping it's not me just being a bit naive, but I, I really do think. I, I agree with Harvey. It's a really good time to be an Ipswich Town fan at the moment. I do feel we've got more of a future. I'll feel even better when we finally get out of League One and back up into the top two tiers of English football because, yeah, the, the, the novelty is very much worn off at this point. Yeah, the League One tour um, happened in the first season. Uh, now we're just three years in. Um, ben, over to you to sort of end this chat on the podcast special. Um, your thoughts and your takeaways. Yeah, I um, really, well, like everybody else has just mentioned, really enjoyed it. Um, John mentioned um, most about the meeting of minds thing. That cracked me up. Just the way that Ashton sometimes talks. He is Billy Big Balls, isn't he? Like <laughs> The meeting of minds, like Sir Isaac Newton and Einstein were meeting up the M6. Um, I mean, I, you know, no disrespect to either of them. They're, they're both brilliant at what they do. Um, McKenna. McKenna just sounds like... You know, if you were to bring home the perfect guy for like your daughter or whatever, he's so well mannered and respectful and speaks so well. And Ashton kept referring to his high IQ, which I mean, how many football managers get referred to in terms of their IQ levels? I can't, I can't think of a single one. So it all, it does all point in the right direction. He's a, he's a credit to the club. He's only been in here a couple of months, um, and he's already just, just making such a great impression. Um, Ashton is, is such a great PR machine. He, he's doing a fantastic job. There's a small part of me um, that thinks, you know, he knows exactly what he's doing. You know, he's got us all right around his finger. He, he knows exactly where to come out with statements, exactly where to do interviews. But so so what? He's just, that means he's just bloody good, good at his job. And we're fortunate that we have someone like that, that you know, who's, a, who's at the top of our football club. So we haven't had that for so many years. Um, there's a very long list of things he needs to do. Um, I think that was the other thing I found really interesting about the podcast was how much work needs doing at the training ground, how much work still needs to be done at Portman Road. I think, yeah, it's going to take a, a number of years for them to get to where they want to get to. But isn't that great? They've got a long-term plan. As I've said, when Game Changer first took over, they're here for the long term. And hopefully now they've got a manager who's going to do exactly the same here for the long term and build the club. It's just... It's hard not to get excited. I'm, I'm trying to keep my feet on the ground because we are still ninth in League One. Um, but, you know, we've, we've been desperate for 20 years, isn't it, really? So trying not to get too excited, Ross, but the podcast was absolutely fantastic, the way it, look, the way it looks towards the future. Um, I'm feeling very happy about it. Sat here right now, just hoping the next five or ten years we're, uh, well, closer to where we want to get to. Definitely. Um, yeah, I was about to say, I've got hands up. Any other notes from the podcast, John Harvey? Takeaway. Yeah, just to say, Ross, I think another takeaway. Um, we have obviously all got the same vibes, haven't we? Um, a couple of other things just to touch on. One was uh, the clarity on recruitment. It was really, really clear that the manager has the the final sign off, which makes me think that you know, back in Sun or whoever, wasn't just an Ash. Yeah, it might be on Ashton's data dashboard. He's got familiarity with them, might be able to get over the line a bit easier or whatever. But it's really good to hear the absolute clarity from both part parties publicly that McKenna gets to sign off. And I think that probably reflects a little bit poorly on Cook that 
he got a little bit excited like a kid in a sweet shop and the 19 different sweets he bought and he probably bought five on the same shelf that were the same amount of fizziness I mean, what he really needed is a, a variety. Um, we didn't need quite as many number uh, number tens, um, um, you know. But I think the recruitment thing was a a really interesting point. Um, and he also, I think the the bit about McKenna being a coach came through, and um, and he talked about not wasting any talent in the building, and that was pe- clearly people like Jackson and uh, and. Uh, um, Wolfenden, and and I think that's a really good reflection. Like he's talking about trimming the squad, making sure it was the right amount. I, I get the impression that him and Ashton could sit down and go, right, this is a squad I want. We need to do. It'd be much more planned rather than you know that chaos of the summer. And I, I, I'm really confident we will have a busy summer. Actually, you know, we we still will need a left back. We've still got the bond situation. The Selena situation to decide whether they want to extend those loans. Are they options? How much will that cost? Will any of them become permanent? You got Thompson. Could he become an, a season-long loan deal next year? Is that good enough, or do we need our own player? Um, and then you got the Norwood, the Jackson situation. I think we're still going to have a, a busy summer. That's without people like Dobrit and um, Idris and all those kind of um, fringe players, if you like. Um, so I think there'll be a lot happening, but I think Ashton's probably going to listen to McKenna's view and go, this guy really knows what he wants, because they talked about, we already know the kind of player McKenna wants. We already see the Ipswich DNA of a, uh, of a Kevin McKenna team, and I thought that really came through excellently as well, so you would imagine, if everything goes according to plan, a Premier League club is going to come and try to take McKenna off us when we're third in the championship in two years' time. You know, you know, that's where I see his pain. And it's whether he, he's, I don't, I honestly don't think we're going to go up the season. I think we'll, but next season we're building, aren't we? We've got momentum. Um, and with his additions and that kind of thing, it's hard not to be optimistic. I'm trying to keep my, I would love to sneak six. I'd love to go to Wembley again. Um, but I just feel like it's, we've got belief and hope that we're heading in the right direction. Because he's such an articulate professional guy, and he talks about the work to do, and he, he, he just seems meticulous, and he, he talks like really thoroughly about everything and his detailed analysis. He just comes across really well. And is it two point one or two point two points per game so far? If we did that across the season, we would be champions, really, or certainly in the top two. Let's be fair. So early days, all of that. But we've had plenty of away games in that time as well. You know, we've got some decent home games coming up. So let's see where it takes us. But really positive for me. Harvey? Yeah, I just wanted to quickly go back to, to John and Ben's point. It's it's interesting, isn't it? I mentioned earlier how composed he is and with, with everything he does. You know, he, he mentioned, like John says, about, you know, evaluating the squad and improving the plays we've already got. I, I don't know about everyone else, but myself on deadline day, I was I was felt a little bit deflated by it. I felt as if oh, you know we we could have done with one more, we could have done with two more, and maybe that was as a football fan, you always want to see new signings, don't you? Maybe that was because I was so spoiled in the summer with nineteen of them. You know, you go into January, a few leave, and you expect six or seven to come in, when really 
did we? You know, was that was I just being greedy? You know, you look at the, the options we've got now, and and you listen to McKenna and how he he just wants to improve players. He wants to. He's not about like we said about Cook and getting excited signing eighteen out of nineteen. The sign is being number tens and and all this. I, I just think it was it's really refreshing McKenna's thought process on that of let's not rush into into you know making a. a a shitload of signings and let's just work with what we've got. We've got a lot of quality here. You know, Caden Jackson's not the best striker in the world, let's be honest, but McKenna can see the the, the qualities that he offers the team. Um, so I really like that. And, and just quickly, um, Ben mentioned briefly about the the interview with Ashton where he, where he discussed the training ground. What impressed me with that is he, he could have very, very easily gone into that interview and just essentially said how everything's rosy and how you know, everything's on the earth and it's all going to be, you know, we've got McKenna at the, at the wheel and all that. But, he, he you know, he's he was honest, transparent and said, essentially, the training grounds are shit all, is what he's saying. You know, it's 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 not good enough. It's It's been neglected for 10, 15 years. There's been next to no investment in it. And, it, and it's and it's going to take, it's going to take time. And I think that as fans, that, that's all we ask for. You know, we're not expecting miracles. You know, we're not expecting to, win the league next year if we are in league one fingers crossed we're not but we're not expected to win the league by a hundred million points we just want we just want transparency whether that's from McKenna or whether that's from when we have these interviews with Ashton so I really I really like the fact that he's keeping supporters in the loop by saying we're making these really good strides on the pitch and off the pitch but there's also a lot to do you know that as he said the training ground Portman Road he's mentioned a few times is in isn't in the best condition um Hopefully it'll be a bit better when I go up there uh, in April. But um, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it. It's, it's as I said, something that we're not used to, and um, the communication from the club um, since the takeover has been outstanding. Not just necessarily with Ashton and McKenna as well. I saw a club tweet the other day. You know, we've got two home games coming up. What kind of content do you want out there? You know, taking fans' opinions. When would we, would we ever have had that under Evans? You know, whether that was, you know, they were. They weren't allowed to put up things like that. I'm not sure what it was, but the difference is is just like I said, it's it's night and day to what we're used to, and it's 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 really great to see from top to bottom the club is slowly but surely um, turning into a, a really really well run football club, and and fingers crossed that continues for years to come, really, because that's that's what we all want, isn't it? So, oh, wordsmith, Harvey, wordsmith, all of your wordsmiths <laughs> on this podcast this week. Um, but yes, I think that is the best way to sort of end there. Um, it's now going into Matt Macon's little segment. Um, I talk about her game too, which is fantastic to hear that the club have um, announced that partnership. And also, Turnstile Blues are um, going to be out and about on Saturday. Matt, of course, you're the man who's part of that. Um, so explain. And also the great news about the partnership of her game too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the Herge two stuff was um, was fantastic news when that came out because I, I was really kind of disappointed that we weren't sort of one of the clubs sort of involved in a partnership with them when it when it came out and obviously it's there as a non profit organisation to, to combat sexism in football um, and that that's still rife. I, I, I it's it's still not great and you know and there's still a large sort of section of sort of fan base sort of nationally that really kind of. It's a, it's not a safe space for women at a lot of games, you know, and the, the women's league isn't taken seriously as well. And I think the club have done so much 
positive stuff around the women's game and the development of the women's side. And that's one of the few things actually even um, that Marcus Evans got right in terms of sort of the, the development of the women's team, you know. It's nice now to see that reflected. We made that formal commitment to her game too, to to stamp this issue out of football and raise and raise raise more awareness. So I mean, I can't can't speak highly enough of that decision. Really, it's it is just absolutely fantastic. Um, which leads me sort of neatly on to um, Turnstile Blues. So um, for those for those of you not aware, so Turnstile Blues started off as what was going to be originally a one-off fanzine back in 2012, start the 2012-13 season, um, uh, to um, sort of take take a look at sort of um, what we thought was sort of the, the worst part of Marcus Evans' reign. Unfortunately, it got a lot worse um, from there on. Um, and the uh, the Turnstile Blues name came about um, following on from the infamous Simon Clegg um, press release where he made a massive deal about the uh, the Turnstiles uh, for the West Stand and had a, had a new lick of paint, you know, and it was very much kind of a kind of partridge-esque sort of detached from reality moment. Um, uh, it turns out um, printed fanzine was quite well received. So we're now on issue 24 of what was originally a one-off uh, independent uh, fanzine. Um, so it's it kind of gone from strength to strength. Um, and uh, so this 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 uh, issue, I said this month, where we do three a season. Um, so we've, we've got the usual mix of sort of serious and funny in there. Um, I was really lucky to sit down um, virtually with Blue Wilson and Bonnie Horwood from ITFC Women and have a chat with them about their careers, uh, their time at town, you know, their aspirations for the future, look back on the best bits and even the worst bits of their, their careers so far. Um, we've also got some some articles in there. Um, we, we've taken a look at the early days of um, McKenna, so certainly look at the on-pitch stuff and concentrating on the fact that he's he's really has been kind of true to his word about not being fixated on a on a formation on a particular shape. You know, it's all very much the opposite end of the scale to to Paul Cook, who who if four two three one didn't work, well he had four two three one in the back pocket, and if that didn't work, he could always whip out four two three one. Um, and sort of looking at the fact that we we do tend to we've got a more flexible um, sort of malleable shape depending on whether we're we're attacking or defending um, under Kieran McKenna. We've also taken a look at, at the um, at the sort of the, the tail end of um, well probably the all of uh, Paul Cook's uh, reign. Uh, Ipswich Town and, and why it didn't work out. Um, and like I said, we've also um, we've got a bit of funny in there. We've got a uh, a brand new uh, contributor under the pen name of Stu Market. No idea where he's from. Um, who, who gives us a retrospective uh, on the ninety one ninety two second division championship side as we're coming up on the thirtieth uh, anniversary of, of clinching the title. Um, We've also got a nice piece about the cost of football in there as well and, and the rise with that. Um, we, we've looked at, again at racism in football and, and, and the, the why we kneel movement and also, um, yeah, and, and there's also even an ode to uh, playing champs where, uh, and trying to avoid or not avoid the, the muddy puddles of our youth. So um, we'll be uh, launching the uh, fanzine uh, before the Burton game on Saturday. Um, we'll be selling from around the ground about 1.30. Um, we'll be in the Greyhound beforehand, so we're hoping uh, we'll have a few issues there. So if you if you see us in the ground, I know Bono's already uh, tapped me up that he's going to come and see me in the pub to get a coffee. Uh, still only a pound, um, 
we try and keep it as, as, as cheap as we can. Uh, it's a limited print run um, so that we can keep the costs down. The last few, well, several issues, certainly, since we um, changed designers, have, have sold out on the first day. Um, so do come and see us, whether it's at the Greyhound or around the ground. There's normally some of us by the Sir Ralph statue and the Bobby statue, um, and the Beat statue now as well, and also sort of up and down Sir Ralph Ramsey Way and, and Portman Road. So come and find us. Um, there'll also be an eBay link going out um, via our Twitter, which is t at turnstile underscore blue. And there'll be some copies available to purchase um, um, via post or online. Um, yeah, so just come down, say hello. Um, there's a lot in there, but just a quid. So, yeah. Worth it. Yeah, worth definitely. It. Yeah, Not, I am biased, but yeah, definitely. Absolutely worth it. All right. Well, we'll give you a review on our next future pod when we when we read it, and we'll give you a review if we like it or not, um, and see if it was worth that pound, that hard-earned cash that we got. Um, but no, thanks for that, Matt. And yeah, find all the at the Greyhound Pub or around the ground. I'm sure you'll you'll find them and buy a copy. Um, okay then. Well, let's jump in to the strike. Or do any other? Is there any other notes? Anybody else want to mention her game to anybody else? Want to bring their thoughts on that? Of course, it's a great. Great thing, or should we jump right into the strike? Ben? I'll just say one thing, just football is for all, and it is a very important campaign. It just it seems balmy that we weren't involved before, but at least we are now. Um, it's a very important message. It's crazy that we live in a world where, you know, women or, well, everybody of, of any minority or majority feel they don't feel safe enough to come to football. Um, I think away games seem to be more of a problem from my own experience, particularly male dominated, you know, as, as a man who goes to away games and has done for many years, you do, you are sort of 95, 95 up percent of, of the attendance. Um, and I, you know, I cannot, I cannot relate, you know, to, or, or give any experience of, of feeling harassed or, Feeling unsafe at football, you know, I can't pretend how, but I can, I can see, I can see how that is an issue. So yeah, really important message. Glad the club are involved, and um, you know, we want more people to come and watch town. And every, every, every supporter is, um, every supporter is a prisoner, so to speak. Yes, they're all important. Yes, yes. John, <laughs> just a real quick one from me, Ross. Do you know when sometimes people say they ask a question and say? Why is it needed? Why, why do we need to do Black Lives Matter? Why do we need to do uh, Rainbow Tractors? Why do we need to do uh, Her Game 2? And you kind of go, well, yeah, I'm a decent guy. Like, I don't say anything. But actually, if there is a need for somebody to feel like in a minority or feel oppressed, then let's just let's not get caught up in the fact of there shouldn't need to be a need because we all agree it should be a really good world where everybody's kind to everybody. You can have banter, but you don't, you don't overstep the mark. Actually, there are people who feel intimidated going to football, whether it's about their gender, their sexual orientation, their whatever it may be, their skin colour, their religion, whatever it is. Let's just get with it. And most, most people are decent people. I'm a big believer in that. But let's all take responsibility for not tolerating idiots around us, spoiling for others. So for me, it's just a really uh, a modern, sensible, good thing to get behind. And there's, you know, I, I don't want it to be a tokenistic thing. We shouldn't just have, you know, 
like Black History Month. Well, well, Black History is important all year round, but you've got to have a focus on it because it's not part of what is commonly placed. So it's the same for rainbow tractors. It's the same for, you know, all of these issues. We just, let's be tolerant, let's be kind, and let's get behind our team, one and all, and support the British town. No army. Um, Harvey. Yeah, John just mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, rainbow tractors there, and I just wanted to give Francine a shout out, really. We all know how hard she works on it and, um, you know, how passionate she is about it. And it's great to see, you mentioned earlier on, the, the club um, making strides off the pitch. It's great to see Connor Chaplin involved now as well. And just just echo what everyone said, really. Um, you know, f football is for everyone and, that, and that's how it should be. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to Francine because, as I said, we, we're all well aware of how hard she works on it. And, um, it's it's great to see the, the club really getting on board with these um, with these really really important subjects that that need to be discussed. You know, as we've said, it's we'd be lying if we said it's not an issue. You know, because because it's clearly clearly is still an issue in in today's day and age, and it's shocking really that it is. But unfortunately, that is the attitude of some of some people. So the more awareness we can raise um, towards it, you know, the, the better the better it is for everyone. So. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's really really good to see. Definitely, and Matt, final word. Yeah, yeah, final word. Really, I just want to say, I mean, I've, it, it is an issue, case in point, because th this is a panel here of five blokes talking about uh, a campaign about women, you know, and yeah, I, I say get a massive shout out to Francine as well. You know, I'm, I've got my shirt and my badge. Um, for the Gillingham game the other week, very, very proud to support Rainbow Tractors, you know. Um, but again, Francine, um, she's been very open about the fact that she, she received some abuse via uh, DM on social media recently, um, you know. And and people are discouraged, people with different views, you know, people and women are discouraged. And that's why you see, again, uh, it, this is another sort of male dominated show because more women don't come forward. And I imagine a lot of it is down to that that fear of not being taken seriously or being abused, and it's not confined to match day, you know. It's and again, I'm, I'm I agree with um, I can't remember. I think it was um, Ben said it's more away games. I've seen it more at away games. I don't see it as much at Portman Road, but just because I don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, you know. Um, and and we need to be doing more for it, and we need to be doing more for it so that um, we're sort of women are feeling just as comfortable at a game home or away as any of us here do. We, we've we got that privilege and that shouldn't be a privilege. It should be a right for all, you know. Well said, blokes. Well said. That was really good. Um, okay, then. On to a strike. Um, to segue into... Um, What's happened this week? Um, connections to Burton. And that is what the strike is about this week. Um, I've got four questions plus a tiebreaker if needed. Um, it is going to be the battle between John, Harvey, Matt and Ben. I've come home prepared, Ross. You'll have to bear with me while I get a pen and paper. You, you can just shout out if you want. You can just oh, OK. There we go. That, that. That, that works as well. That works. I, I think the point was made last week about it being for the visual, uh, for the audio. Speaking yeah, of someone so who normally listens on podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Can I just point out, Ross, that the thing, the connection between Ipswich and Burton for me is the fact that um, my face with Tom Baines and, and Darren. Yeah. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll never have to see that gift again. Last Burton game. And, uh, you know, unfortunately I'm not there this Saturday, so I hope we get a win. I hope we capture somebody's smiley face rather than the... Yeah. The, 
the disgust and disappointment on all our faces. Which has been start of the end for Scott Fraser. That was, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Oh, that was. Um, I remember David. He was on his phone for some reason. He was like talking on his phone. I think he was talking to one of his daughters. But um, but yeah, that is a that gift that sort of went out so many times during the early start of the season because we yeah we we all know. But let's not talk about that. But yes, four questions. Tiebreaker if needed. First question. Let me get my answers up because, as you know, I'm very unprepared normally. Um, but first question is on Freddie Sears. Now, he ended his gold route against Burton in 2016, but how many games did he go without scoring? Of course, he had a few gold droughts during his time at the club. Um, but yeah, closest to the correct answer gets the point. How many games did he go without scoring? Um, of course, he went and scored in that game. 2-0 win back in 2016. I think it was 2-0. I think Chambers scored in that game as well. Maybe. Or Luke Varney. Um, anyway, anyone ready to shout out? Oh, John's gone 31. 23. 23 by Matt. Uh, I'm just going to say it. 29. I went. I've, I have written it down, but you're not going to be able to see, can you? No, no. There you go. There you go. You can see now. 29. 29. Harvey? 30, 32. I went. Okay. The correct answer is 38 games. Ooh. So who's so is Harvey thirty two? Who who went? Was Harvey? Yeah, Harvey. Yeah. One nil to Harvey. All right. Now a blast from the past here. Danny Rowe, remember him? Um, oh, he's currently oh. still at Burton, but when I was speaking to the Burton reporter this morning, apparently he's still at Burton, but he's not been in like a match day squad for since like November. He's not injured. He's just just yeah, he's just training and. Yeah, apparently he's trained. I don't know. It's a weird story. Um, but Danny Rowe scored once for town, but who was it against? Um, he played 29 games in total, scoring once. I've got three options. Was it Southend, Tranmere, or Rochdale? So he scored once for town in 29 games, but who was it against? Of course, play at home. Uh, people were listening on their runs, on their walk, door, walking their dogs, um, driving. What were the options again? Um, Southend, Tranmere. <laughs> Same options every time. Yeah. Always, always the same. Weaknesses, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. put eczema. <laughs> yeah. That's an up-to-date pop culture reference for the kids. Yes. Oh. Um, South End. Ross, I, I think I recall it. So can I go last? Yes. I've gone Tramir. Tramir. I've gone Rochdale. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. Rochdale won a 1-0 win. It was Rochdale, 1-0 win. So oh. there we go. So it's Harvey 1, Ben 1, John 1. You went south end, didn't you? His first goal, if, yeah, I did. I think it, his first goal was almost, and then later it was taken off him. I think it was given as an own goal. It was against Ginningham in the Pizza Trophy, I remember, because I was there, and it came up on it came up on the scoreboard. It was Danny Rowe. And I was sat up in the West Ham with a perfect view with an all-stand goal. And I was like, there is no way he's keeping that goal. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Of course, definitely his, not. Bro- his brother played against us. He's still at Donny, or he's back at Donny, isn't he? Um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's two Danny Rose, isn't there? Let me quickly. He's Tommy Rose, yes. Tommy Rose. He's back at Donny. Yeah, he's back yeah. at Donny. Hey, <laughs> arrives, isn't it? Tommy, back, back at Donny. Donny. <laughs> um, so it's one 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 zero. Uh, Matt, hopefully you can get this one right. Connor Chaplin, I celebrate his birthday this week. Um, he turned 25. Connor Chaplin was born in which West Sussex town? 
Was it Horsham, Worthing, or Crawley? I had to do my Googling on West Sussex towns to see if I have three options for this. I thought it was a nice little question. Horsham. Horsham from Harvey. Yeah, I'm going to go Horsham as well. I've gone Worthing. Worthing. Well, I don't have a bloody clue. So it was Crawley the other one. Yeah. Well, let's go Crawley. Crawley. And John Watson is correct. It is Worthing. So Johnny's take took the lead there. Um, also, hey, birthday to Carl Edwards. It's his birthday today, as of this recording. Um, so if you're listening on a Friday, it was his birthday Thursday. Um, but yeah, well, I know four. Ed Sheeran listens all every week. It's his birthday too, isn't it? So we is should... it apparently? Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't care. Uh, question four is on Carl Edwards. Um, He's only worried if it's Rihanna's birthday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's pregnant and all that. Is um, it yours? <laughs> sadly not. Sadly not. <laughs> Sadly not. Um, her birthday. Uh, her birthday is actually on. Let me see. Her birthday's on Sunday, Rihanna's. So, oh wow! You got her a card. Um, like a Jaffa cakes. Yeah, got it's got to be done. Got to be done. Jaffa cakes, and she, she's got a baby. She needs to sleep. She needs to feed the baby. Um, but enough of that. It's Carl Edwards. He's also a rapper as well, of course. Um, that isn't the question about Carl Edwards, but um, he spent a season on loan in League Two in the 2017-18 season for which club? Was it Coventry City, Exeter City, or Forest Green Rovers? Nice little segue, Rihanna, to a loan spell in League Two for Carl Edwards. Yeah. I think it was Forest Green. Yeah, Forest I was, Green. I'm leaning that way as well. Forest Green. I've gone Exeter. I've gone Exeter. Uh, yeah, I think it's Exeter. It is Exeter City. Oh. So, so John Watson has won. Um, we have our tiebreaker, which I will use, but John Watson has won this week's strike. Um, there's no prizes, unfortunately, John, or maybe, maybe you know, next time I see, I'll, I'll buy a pack of Jeff Cakes or something. Um, but yes, tiebreaker. Now, John, are you happy to let this be an open floor? Someone steal it. If they get it correct, they have to get it spot on to take the crown. You happy to do 100%. that? 100%. All okay, in. Then. It's going all in. All right, and final question is on Alan Brazil. Um, I don't think any of us were alive when we saw him play. Probably not. I don't know if John, maybe just about, maybe young, young no, sorry. No, I was old enough to see him, uh, well, know him as a player, but never saw him play live for town, no. Okay, okay. Well, it was 40 years ago today, he scored five goals for town against Southampton. But how many goals did he score for town in 210 games? So correct, dead on. Wins the strike. Um, if not, John Watson still wins. So 210 games, scoring five goals in a game. That is just madness. Um, I don't think any many other players have done that. I think I know John Walk scored four in a game once. Um, remember that? What's the Oxford play? who scored four penalties. That was mad the other week for Oxford United yeah, against week, somebody. A couple of weeks ago. Like yeah. four penalties in the same game. Yeah, mental. Crazy, crazy. Moment you made the vote, didn't he, against Wigan as well? Years, but yeah, Brannigan, <coughs> yeah, yeah, four penalties. As again, that was against Gillingham, one, it was that like 7 2. Was it against Doncaster? Which one was it? Who's it against? No, Gin- uh, yeah, Gillingham, Gillingham, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was just before we played them. Um, but yeah, okay, then who wants to go first? I'll start the bidding at 79. Oh, 64, 64. 
I've got 103 because I think he had a great record, but I think I've just absolutely blown my, my chances. You have. <laughs> Little clue there for Yavi. <laughs> I feel if you've got triple figures, I'd, I'd, I'd have that in the back of my head. Yeah. I'll go 75. Do you know what? Someone was so close. So close. I can't believe how close you were. I thought I gave it away when he said it. 79 was so close. It was 80. Oh. So close. So Ben could have stole it oh. right there. Oh, that was close. But John Watson, you are the champion of the strike this week. Um, your crown will go on until next week, uh, until we play the strike again, and then someone will steal that crown. It will just, yeah, it's one of those. Just It's like the when, when you're a kid, when you got the like the little trophy, player like the player of the month, and you just got to give it away. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers that. No. I was never player of the month, Ross. I was just... <laughs> I never got picked. <laughs> it's fine. It's I'm fine, absolutely mad at that. Today's what happens when you put me in the lineup last minute. I wasn't prepared. None, none of the other guys were prepared either. So no. I, I think the questions were, were good. <laughs> Brutal, Ross. Uh, <laughs> that was true. The, these these questions were very last minute for me. Actually, to be fair, yeah. I had to really rush and try to think of them. Um, but that's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Hi Matt, it's hi Matt. It's been a pleasure having you on the pod this week. Um, but yes, that is the the end of the strike. Uh, thanks again for taking part. If you did take part at home, let's move on to this weekend. Then Burton Albion come to Portman Road. They got a really good result midweek against Bolton, three one win. Jimmy Floyd Hasbank's side. Um, John Watson. Um, last time you you saw Town play Burton, you really said it. We lost. Scott Fraser missed the penalty, and we lost. Uh, the first game you could see in person. Um, unfortunately, we lost, but um, a lot's happened since then. But how are you feeling going into this game and your prediction, my friend? Well, I feel more confident uh, in Ipswich than I probably did on that day, although I was optimistic as a start of the season and think, you know, it, that was a sliding doors moment, though, if Scott Fraser scored that penalty. Would he still be in the team? Would he still be at our club? Will Paul Cook still have a job? Could we be higher up in the league? Because that was a game we should have got something from. Kyle Edwards came on as sub and he looked like a different gravy. He looked amazing. That you know, and I was just thinking, we've got the makings of an, an amazing um, league for, for League One, a, a really good team here. We've got some great players. And then ultimately we walked away with absolutely nothing and felt like disappointed by that. So it's certainly not going to be a warm, sunny day like it was uh, back then. But I'm going to go for a 2-0 win to town. I, I, I very rarely back against town winning. I often go 4-1, but I think that's unrealistic. Um, we're not scoring loads of goals, but we're not conceding. Um, I think McKenna's got us organised. and But Burton are, uh, have never been any kind of mugs. You know, they've been a little bit of a... A yo-yo club between um, Championship and League One, haven't they? Um, and they always seem to go about business quite well. They were, you know, we got beaten by Bolton. They've just been beating Bolton. It's that that's League One summed up right there. So I'm going to go for a two-nil, um, a thorough town performance. Um, got a feeling Connor Chapman might get one of them. I got, you know, he I really like Connor Chapman. I think he's a seems like a good guy as well as being a really good player. Nothing that it doesn't always come off for him, but you can always see his intense there. Um, so yeah, I'd love to see a 2 0 win. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, I've gone for a 1 0 win. I think it's gonna be one of those tight games, but I think we're gonna find that goal somewhere. And um, 
I don't know who it's going to be, but hopefully it will be somebody. Um, Harvey, over to you. How are you feeling going into this game? Um, back to Bolton Road, thankfully. It's been a been. I feel like it's been a while, although it hasn't really. It's been because it's been two away games. But um, your prediction, my friend? Yeah, like um, <clears throat> like John, like many of us, I was at that first away game of the season, feeling so positive. Um, you know, you look at that team now. It's had Louis Barry, Scott Fraser. Haladki was in goal. Um, I think Danassian was playing centre-back that day, I think. Um, yeah, how much has changed since then? We were going, feeling so positive. I've still got the recording of my phone of that Fraser, of that Fraser moment. I was thinking, oh, he's scored 150 million penalties in a row, so I'll record this. He's obviously going to score this one as well. And the standard Ipswich, he, um, he misses it. So, uh, really disappointing that day. As John said, we deserve to, to get something out of that, but Kyle Edwards, which I had a perfect bird's eye view of, um, which like ri- ri- rifled off the bar. I actually asked him after the game whether it was a, uh, a cross or a shot, and to be fair to him, he admitted it was a cross. So uh, fair, fair play to him for that. But um, I have to be honest, I'm not feeling massively confident this weekend. I'm really not. I think Burton are a, are a better side than the league position. Um, the league position says. Uh, I know they're mid-table, so it's not, they're not exactly fighting a relegation battle, but um, I saw a stat earlier on as well that in 2022, I think Burton are only one of four teams that have never lost a game that they've taken the lead in. So I'm a little bit little bit wary. I don't think we'll lose it, but <clears throat> and I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to go for 1-1. Um, they've, just, uh, they've just signed probably one of the most random signings I've ever seen a league one. They've just signed Umar Nias, haven't they? The... Uh, the old Everton striker who didn't have a great record in the Premier League, but I'm sure in League One he'll be um, he'll be chomping at the bit, hoping to hoping to get involved. So I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's going to be a really really tight affair. Um, we do have an advantage playing at Portman Road. You know we can get to play our stuff a little bit more, get the home fans on side. Um, but I think it's it's going to be a, a tough encounter. Um, so I think it'll be one one. I hope my mind my mind wants me to say one nil, but I think. I think I'm going to have to go for for a draw, uh, a score draw in this one. But um, yeah, hope, hopefully I'm wrong. And uh, Nord, Nord, James Nord was the score for Ipswich. Okay then, um, Matt. I'm sorry to bring this up, and you, of course you did join the prediction league late, but you are currently second bottom. Um, but I'm hoping you're, you're hoping you can get um, a, a correct answer right this week for the prediction. So what's your prediction? How are you feeling going into this one? And of course, being back on the road. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm somewhere between where John and Harvey are. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm predicting a two-one win. Um, I think we'll concede, but I think we'll go on a win. Burton, it's always a, always a tough test when we play Burton, and yeah, they got a good result against Bolton on Tuesday. But their form hasn't been great. Looking looking back at the previous five, they'd they'd lost three-one-one, draw one before the Bolton game. You know, interesting interesting fact I just noticed, and this is just you no, know, they're the only team in the league with a goal difference of zero. They have scored forty-one, and they have conceded 41 and I, that just tickles me for some reason but I think I think it's going to be a stern test Hasselbank has got them he's, uh, he's got them playing really well and some really tight football I think I agree with Harvey you know 12th doesn't really reflect sort of the, the quality of their team you know um I said I was kind of wavering I was, I was sort of on 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 the on the fence I was almost going for a score draw myself yesterday but sort of having a look at their form prior to that I mean yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, Doncaster got a really good win before 
we went there and 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 we put in a good team performance and we probably should have beaten them more than one nil. So likewise, um, Bolton had good form, same as we did going into that game against Burton. It, it is a it is a bonkers league. I mean, we thought the championship was bonkers, but League One for sort of who can beat who is is absolutely silly. But I think I think possibly we might we might even go behind, but I think we'll we'll win two one. Okay then. And finally, over to you then, Ben, to wrap up this Burton chat. Um, you're third in the Prediction League. You're fighting for the title. Um, I think you need a big weekend to get back up there. But um, I'm sure you're happy with your, your position so far. But, yeah, how are you feeling going into this one? Um, positive. I'm going to go for a win. I think you have to. Like We're playing so well at the minute. I know Burton had a good result in the week, but they've played in the week. Um, they'll have a smaller squad than us. Um, I think that works in our favour that we've had a week off. Um, the fact that the game is at home for us on um, a better pitch than probably Burton. Well, I think Burton's pitch isn't great and um, a lot of clubs that we play away from home seem to uh, either deliberately have rubbish pitches or certainly play to, to it. Um, so, yeah, good that we're at Portman Road. I'm, I see that Burton do score in most games, but we don't concede many. I am confident that we're going to see Sam Morsi's first goal. I'm torn between 3-0 and 3-1. And I'm just going to go 3-0. I'm just thinking we're playing so well. Like, if we're not going to win games like this, we, you know, we've got to win games like this. I just think if we can get an early goal, that is the biggest difference. Goal in the first half an hour, and then a goal after an hour, they try and push, and then we get one near the end. Sam Morsi to get one. 3-0. Oh, I love that. I'll take that right now. This Saturday, happy days at Portland Road. Um, any other notes, gentlemen? John, Harvey, Matt, Ben, take the floor. Just, just neatly segueing on from Ben's talk about poor pitches. Um, I think it's nothing compared to what the women's team have had to deal with the last few weeks, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I feel for you, Ross, you know, you've, you've, <laughs> the last two games you've gone with the team, you've seen that awful pitch on, uh, at Milton Keynes. Um, and then obviously the game getting abandoned on 63 minutes after we finally scored some goals. I mean, that sort of been a little bit goal shy. Absolutely terrible. I was sort of following the game on Twitter and I think, oh, lovely, there we go. That Tash scored, Bash has scored. Game's abandoned. Okay. You know, so um at least at least it's gonna be the, the replays this Sunday, I think, and at least it's gonna be on a three G pitch. So we should actually see ninety minutes of football. So I always say that when the, look at the depends on the storm, the big storms that are coming. Well, <laughs> that is true. That is true. Hopefully we'll be over the worst of it on Sunday. But uh yeah, when we say we see bad pitches in League One, and we do see some bad pitches, ain't nothing compared to some of the pitches that women are playing. E even the gold I mean, I love the gold star, but even the gold star at times can not not be at its yeah. best. It's such a shame. Third tier of women's football, and there's some awful pitches there. Yeah, I'm hope I'm hoping it's gonna improve in the future. But yeah, it's been the last few weeks has been it's been it's been bad. It's been bad. And uh nice little segue. If you haven't already listened to the the latest track the girls talk podcast with me, Blue and Liv Smith, who is gold, by the way. Absolute gold. She's just fantastic, great player, and just a great person all around. So listen to that on that. Um Ben, Harvey, John, any other notes before I do a very shambolic outro? Someone help me. No, uh, no. just looking forward to hearing your outro and um, oh. look forward to seeing those who are there on Saturday. Come on, you blues. Yes, come on, you blues. Um, thanks, Ben. Uh, this is the outro. Uh, if you haven't already, um, support our sponsors at manscaped.com. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery. Um, follow us on all the Kings of Anger platforms, social media. Now, that is the platform social media. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and all that 
all that jazz. Um, I'm going to shout now. I hope you enjoy your weekend. Hopefully it's three points. And we'll be back next week for more pods. Goodbye for now. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Thank you.